Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you a woman who uses her talents to help other women succeed in work and in their lives. You know, I've enjoyed hearing their stories for more than 10 years, and I chose 19 of these women to contribute to my earlier book, Leading Women, which is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and, and all the area bookstores. Now, I'm excited to announce my new book, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, which came out January 8, 2019. I'm very excited about this new book, and I chose some of the amazing women who were quoted in the book to talk about In This Together and about their work on behalf of other women. This week, I'm pleased to introduce Sarah Acer. Sarah and I met a few years ago when she was directing a fundraiser initiative for Take the Lead. Her all-women social impact creative agency is called Align Communications. It has offices in New York and Colorado and has an exceptional track record for creating brand identities, increasing top-digit bottom lines, and bringing about social change. Some of her past clients and organizations she's worked with, United Way, American Cancer Society, Lyft, The Wall Street Journal, and many more. She's working on her Ph.D. in organizational change and speaks often on behalf of leadership and gender equality. Sarah is also the co-founder of Solve for XX, an unconventional women-led organization tackling gender parity with funding and support for the U.S. State Department. So, Sarah, welcome back. I'm so grateful for your contribution to the book, In This Together, and so very pleased to welcome you back to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women, and you are one of those women. Welcome. Good morning, Sarah. So glad you're with me. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so much that we can uh, really talk about today, so I really want to get started. And the sure, most important absolutely. thing, thing is, uh, well, first of all, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Glad you're Happy with. to be here. Thank you. Um, you know the, your story, and you talk about this in your in your on your website, and you talk about this in general. Uh, you know, we've met through Take the Lead. We have very very uh, similar interests and passion and mission as far as what we're doing and your companies and what you're doing with uh, your communication, aligned communications, and then I, I want to talk about XX Solve XX Juice. Mm -hmm. But first. We want to talk about how did you get to be who you are today? That's what's important because yeah. so many women don't know the journey and we don't share that journey enough, but there's so many things we can learn just by someone else's story and their journey. So mm -hmm. tell me about you. Yeah, sure. Um, I, uh, I initially uh, grew up in Arizona. So I'm a, I'm a product of a small town in rural Arizona. I grew up on, um, what I would consider a version of a farm. My my father's a teacher, my mother's a veterinarian, and I'm the oldest of four girls. So um, we grew up in a really small, tight-knit community. And I think, um, like a lot of people, my my parents and the community that sort of raised me had a really, really huge impact on, uh, on who I became and on what I cared about and on what I had access to. Too. Um, mm -hmm. Be it after school programs, uh, travel opportunities, uh, all, all kinds of things that I think really helped in shaping a young person. But my, my parents were obviously my prime example of, of what it looked like to, A, 
stand up for what you believed in, to mm-hmm. advocate for those who are, who are less fortunate. Um, you know, I have lots of memories of us, you know, going to domestic violence shelters and uh, making donations or helping them do sort of repairs and always helping others because we, you know, even though we weren't well off, we, we certainly were better than, we're doing better than some. So that, that sort of set the tone, I think, pretty early on for me that uh, my life was going to be about service. And that was really what, where I found joy. I found sort of excitement and energy and, and just really felt like I was, I was making a difference in my community. So I also started there, and I, my career in sort of the, the social services and the social profit sector, which I now use, by the way, Nancy, um, for those mm-hmm. listening who haven't heard Nancy's term um, for not-for-profit organizations is social profit, which is a term that I can only hope becomes widely thank adopted by the rest of Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's really important. We, we, uh, we now weave it into our contracts and everything we say, so thank I appreciate you, you Perfect. setting the Perfect. tone there. But, um, yeah, my, my career really started with the, the Truth Campaign, which is a nationwide tobacco education and cessation organization you've probably seen there. Commercials, um, and I started doing advocacy work um, and education work with them when I was 14 and worked with them all the way for almost another another two decades, so. Wow, that's fourteen. That's, I was yeah. I was right when I I was right when I said fourteen. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It was just a few years ago, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But seriously, you started at fourteen. I I knew there was a four, number there. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah keep going because this stuff is fantastic. No, I mean, I think the the reason I got involved it was sort of a when I look back. I mean, I'm I'm going to be thirty four now, so it really was close to twenty years ago. Um, I got involved because it was something that I, I sort of looked around and wondered why people weren't doing something about this thing yeah. that I, I saw as an epidemic, right? I saw yeah. so many young people who were who were being directly marketed to by the tobacco industry and my own grandmother. Sure. I watched her, you know, go through macular degeneration and breast cancer and lung cancer, and she still couldn't quit smoking. And I was sort of looking yeah. to these adults around me. Saying, why why isn't anyone doing anything about this? Um, yeah. And then I realized there's a quote. I think it's uh, one of the Roosevelts. I can't remember which one, but you know, paraphrasing him. But like when you're looking around, you're you're wondering why isn't someone doing something? You know, you it's important that you realize that you are also someone and you are capable yeah. of doing something. And that's sort of when that that hit me. And I that's when I started to get involved in tobacco education and cessation work with with youth. And and that sort of started my career and advocacy at that at that point and I kind of sort of stuck on that track and took a few I would say sort of like I wouldn't call them deviations but I sort of expanded that scope to to realize that I really am passionate about underserved communities whether we're talking about folks who are suffering from um, from various chronic illnesses like HIV or AIDS all the way to just just people who are in, in as advantage of a position. So we're talking about like African-American women, for example, and that's sort of what, what led us to start Software X, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, I think everyone has, has something they really care about and they're really yeah. sort of agitated or, uh, or concerned that why something isn't happening in the way that they would be doing it. And, and I think just stepping into that space and owning yeah. that uh, opportunity is a real, you know, it's 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 something that we all have the power to do. Yeah. Do, do you think, you know, and, and of course, 
we are different ages and different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, when I was growing up, smoking was cool. It was absolutely right. the coolest thing you could do. Right, right. But, but do you think that millennials in general, though, are, you know, again, I come from the same kind of background as you. Yeah, I came from a very sure. philanthropic service and all that. But but do you think that uh, millennials in general are more are they're more aware, more sensitive to issues, the problems that that you have that you can do something about versus other generations or is that just or do you feel sometimes alone in what you're doing? No, I definitely think, and I think the, the statistics and the data would, would support that. This is a trend, um, a trend that yeah. we're seeing amongst younger generations. Now, why that's the case is, is sort of up for debate. Is it because of the, the challenges that we're facing as a society right now? Is it because of the folks who raised us and, and how yeah. we're sort of brought up? Um, I think it's up for debate as to how it occurred, but undoubtedly it is occurring. I mean, uh, the last article I, I read uh, a few days ago was talking about, you know, motivators for millennial, the millennial workforce. And we know that by, by 2020, half the U.S. workforce will be millennial. Um, and sure. that includes Absolutely. folks who are in upper and middle management, right? So these are decision makers who have large budgets that they're managing, and they, they exactly. have real influence. Yeah, and so when it comes to sort of what motivates them, you know, in the top three, there's nothing related to, to, to financial incentives, be it salary. But what is up there are workplace culture, benefits, you know, flex work situations, social yeah. responsibility and CSR. I think millennials really are, they're holding both themselves and organizations uh, that they work for and that they do business with in, in a much more accountable fashion than, than we've seen in previous generations. And and I think it's yeah. something that's really positive on the whole. No, I mean, I think the, the last election we, we saw that, uh, again, with the number of women, the, the House coming into the House of Representatives. Right. Many of these are millennials. Many of these are women of color. It's a very mm-hmm. diverse population of millennials coming in to, for their voices to be heard and for the issues to be recognized. And I think mm-hmm. that is absolutely fantastic. But you know, mm-hmm. your your company, Align Communications and Creative, uh, and your creative company talks about being women owned. And we, mm-hmm. you also talk about bias, and, and so yeah. those are those are things that are really, really uh, very prominent in in all of our minds, especially women, mm-hmm. is that we we're not going to be successful until we not only support ourselves but mm-hmm. we support other women. So let's talk about yeah. that a little bit. Talk about your company and what your goals are and your objectives and and what you're passionate about in that respect. Sure. Yes. Aligned Communications and Creative is in its uh, in its fourth year, and it's essentially was a was an experiment really i was curious to see if i could attract both the types of the types of women and the types of clients that i really wanted to work with and and spend my time with so i was Mm -hmm. you know i think and i think a lot of folks really uh, really struggled right so i had a lot of friends who are in advertising agencies or in big you know consulting firms and the constant feedback was, A, you didn't have control over your, over your time, right? So there was no work-life balance. And, B, mm-hmm. you didn't have control over the work. So sometimes you might be working for a really amazing cause. You might be working for Teach for America. And then you might be working for, you know, XYZ company whose mission was completely, uh, you know, against your own personal values. And, and there was really no way around that. It was sort of part of a – it was a mixed bag no matter how you cut it. Um, right. And so – the the idea of aligned sort of 
sort of sprung up. And it's, it's since become this sort of evolving experiment where we've hired on um, over 10 different working moms, um, most of them young moms. And there's lots of challenges uh, that have sort of occurred along the way. And I think Align will continue to sort of evolve into even something else in the future. But I think when it comes to serving organizations who, who can be both for profit and social profit, that there are common themes there and there's a lot to be learned when we share sort of knowledge and expertise between the two, but, and that, you, that good business can be big business and big business can be good business and that they are not the, this sort of separate but equal, yeah. um, which I think is, is changing now. I think we're starting, it's, it's interesting. I just had a conversation yesterday with a coworker in our, uh, in our coworking space where we all work and, you know, she, she heard that we were a social impact um, organization and, and she said, wow, that's really trending now, like really good time to be in the space. And I sort of yeah. said, yeah, well, it's sort no, of you're, you're, my, <laughs> my work forever. So it's, uh, I'm great. I'm glad to hear it's trending. But um, yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> you are trending, absolutely. Yeah, no, this is well. fantastic. On, on, your, on your website, and I've been reading all about this because I'm, this is fascinating. This is exactly mm. what has to happen for things to change. But yeah. Align is an, a woman-owned collective uh, organization comprised of industry disruptors, comprised of industry, I love that, industry disruptors who left their prospective big brand careers to build a new kind of agency. And our expertise is diverse. <laughs> you know, and, and, and uh, connecting the dots, solving complex problems, and driving social change. This is this is fantastic. Ten, ten diverse women, but of course, what's what's more important than a young mother to, to build a world to make ensure the world for the next generation i mean i think that's mm-hmm. i mean who's better to see the issues and the problems and go okay wait i want mm-hmm. my daughter i want my sons to come into a world and so this is you know this might yeah. be a good place to bring in in bias because mm. again yeah. this is what is really i think challenging and just dis- disrupting women's progress uh in so many ways and men's too but is is the bias so talk about that a little bit yeah, so I we we both sort of share a common commitment to trying to advance women to both leadership parity and and to you know equity overall across all sectors. Uh-huh. And and sure. there's so many of our friends and colleagues who are doing similar amazing work across the space. And I think for me the challenge is trying to identify what really works and what. Yeah. And how we how we scale that, right? So I sort of stumbled upon bias after after researching power quite a bit in my mm-hmm. uh, I'm a doctoral student, so I'm as part of my uh, research and in wanting to prepare for for my eventual dissertation. Uh, and I, uh-huh. this is sort of the topic I'm I'm centering around. And I stumbled upon bias and really, you know, implicit bias, and then underneath that sort of like social norm theory and, um, and role congruency theory, and this notion that both men and women are, are guilty of charge, right, uh, in terms of sure. being, being biased. And the question is, and sort of what a lot of researchers are now sort of theorizing and hypothesizing about is that, like, maybe women actually do believe they're fully capable um, themselves, and, and maybe where we need to spend more time is not on continuing to empower women and make them think they're capable because that, that's sort of an easier, easier 
leap. It's a, it's a much closer sort of gap to solve. But maybe we need yeah. to spend time focusing on addressing bias, right? Because what was so fascinating Absolutely. to me, and, and you know this more than anybody with your Women Connect for Good Foundation and all the incredible right. work you do in this space, is that we've known for a long time that data shows that organizations with women in leadership outperform organizations without on almost every metric. So given that we've known this for 20-plus years, like what is happening and why isn't the needle moving? And the only sort of logical explanation from my perspective is if we keep and, – and during that time, you know, we've had tons of different trainings and, and organizations popping up, and there, there are thousands of them worldwide, right? And they're all committed to the same thing. So, like, why aren't we moving this needle? The only thing that, that I can sort of see happening in the literature that's popping up and folks are talking about is that, well, maybe – it, it has to do with bias because if our leaders mm -hmm. at the top are still, you know, everybody's biased. And if we haven't figured out how to address sure. that and knowing how mm -hmm. we review women and their performance reviews and knowing how we critique them um, when they make a request to be, to go on parental leave, if we haven't figured out how to, how to mitigate and navigate that, then maybe we're going to continue to have these, you know, highly capable women who believe in themselves, but can't get, can't get past the door. To yeah, make it to the can't next get level. anybody. Can't, yeah, can't get anybody else to believe in them. Exactly, you know? and and we're all biased. So to the extent, um, sure. I'm really interested in exploring how we could effectively sort of train organizations, men and women, around bias. So the only thing that's been, you know, like it's sort of like in, it's like this chicken and egg, right? The only thing that's been proven in leadership to advance women into leadership positions is getting more women into leadership positions. So if we, yeah. so if we, if the, that's the only thing that works, and the only thing we have to do is get more women in there. But if we can't get women in the door to yeah, get the leadership, if you can't see it, you can't. Exactly. If you can't see women in leadership, you can't believe in it. And yeah, exactly. absolutely, we exactly. got to step through the door. Yeah. Know? So the question is, how do we get through there? And in the bias research, the only thing that I've seen sort of that's quote proven or is, is sort of has has some semblance of evidence behind it is that knowing about implicit bias and recognizing your bias is is an actual measurable step in decreasing bias. So just yeah. by being aware of it helps you in becoming less biased as a manager, as a leader, um, and as as someone who navigates sort of this new frontier of trying to get women to to parity. So. Yeah. I'm curious what you think, though. I, I know yeah, you well, and, yeah, and in this, in this together is all about that. It's, yeah, it's, I know. I, mean, I love it. We talk about bias in every chapter, and, and of yep. course, uh, you know, until we recognize individually what our biases are towards other women, ourselves as yep. women, what's, right. what's, what's limiting us to go through the door and to give ourselves permission and encouragement and then when we go through the door we bring another woman with us we lift up as we go mm -hmm. i mean this is it's it's really <laughs> you know mm -hmm. sarah it's so, it's so darn simple that sometimes yeah. it scares me that right. you know i i really believe your dissertation in fact i'd love to uh I'd love to get yeah. a copy of your dissertation once you're done with oh. it. And boy, yeah. that's I'm no, I think you're right. I'm, <laughs> oh, you're absolutely. You're you're right on. You're right on the mark. I mean, absolutely. Well, and use the book in this together. I yeah, mean, we've yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. We've this is this has been you know recognized and reviewed by every. I mean, it's it's diversity is the key to this book. Mm -hmm, we've had mm -hmm. every 
every organization, every group look at it and say, wait a minute, this is this is accurate. Mm-hmm. Everybody's had a say in it, and it really does. It comes down to biases that we mm-hmm. have towards one another. And yes. I don't care if you're a woman of color. I don't care if you're a, a Latino. I don't care if you're a gay or lesbian or whatever. We, until we really recognize that, we we're going to continue to limit our our worldview. Our worldview, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. See, I know you're close with Gloria Steinem, and I know she's quoted um, in the book. And I remember when I was fortunate enough to do some work with her, and I'll never forget. Her, her sort of, she's full of these amazing sound bites, right? And she said, yeah. you know, the most important thing for women to do, to your point, is we're not, we're not passing the torch, we are lighting more torches. And yeah. that's exactly Absolutely. what I, you know, I think, you know, you're, you're saying it's, it's, it's not just you get through the door and then when yeah. your turn is up, somebody replaces you. It's you get through the door and you bring three others with you. Like that's, right. that's what we're talking right. about. Well, and she talks about every day. It's not just mm-hmm. it's, not, it's a habit, you know. And we talk about habits. You're right. talking about habits in your in, in your in your discussion too. But it's the habit that we have every day of of supporting another woman and encouraging another woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's it's so easy. Just a compliment. Just an encouragement. That you know, and and I love it when a bunch of women do get together. I I could just imagine your ten beautiful young mothers working together. It's so exciting. It's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah, it really it really is. Actually, fast. I'll tell you this really briefly. Yesterday, I was looking at a new office space. I just recently relocated to Brooklyn, and I was looking at new office spaces in Brooklyn and Manhattan. And I was working by myself at a, one of those hot desks you know, where you just pop in and put your laptop yeah, on. I, yeah. I did workspace. Yeah. Call. yeah. And I got this note from a woman who was sitting across from me who I didn't speak to the entire time that I was on calls. And she wrote me this like lovely note that said, you know, I just, I wasn't listening to your conversation, but I just want you to know that you're doing an amazing job and you inspired <laughs> me to work a little bit harder today. So thank you. And I was just uh-huh. like, it made my whole day. Uh-huh. And like, yeah. What an amazing, and I did something so little, and I, I just thought to myself, like, I need to do that more often. I need to recognize uh-huh. when I see a woman stepping into her own power and really doing uh, doing her thing. I need to recognize it more, yeah. even if I don't Absolutely. know her. So I thought that was such oh, a yeah. nice a yeah. reminder, you know, when women support other women, you know, anything yeah. can happen because we're in this together. Yeah, just a thank you. I love that when people say that. Just excites me so much when people say, "Yeah, yeah. together." Yeah. All right, we'll talk. Title. Let's talk. And this is. I wish we could talk for about several more hours, but I know you've got twenty million things going on too. But it's solve XX, and I think that's you know this is this is the mission. I mean, this is how you put your mission yeah. into, into into play. So talk about that too. Yeah, yeah. So solve for XX. The, the intent is we were being sort of clever with our names. The idea here is that this organization is set up to solve for um, issues that impact people with XX chromosomes, which would be women. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so it's called Solve for XX. And I founded it with a remarkable, inspiring, and actually another amazing future guest. Um, I would recommend you, Kristen Romaine, um, based out of Portland. Okay. She's a social impact. Uh, leader and artist and creator, and she's just a really spectacular human. And essentially what happened is we received a, a grant from the U.S. Department of State through their um, Nelson Mandela Exchange Program. Wow. And yeah. um, 
was, which is basically a, a match program, a reciprocal exchange program that matches a young African leader with American um, entrepreneurs. And you kind of work together to help each other in, in your respective spaces. Well, during that time, while we were working together um, with a, an amazing woman in Uganda who runs a, an organization called uh, Women in Tech Uganda, we had this idea to, to create Solve for XX. And so in addition to just helping the organization with um, Women in Tech Uganda like run more efficiently, you know, build more capacity and strategy, we developed this program um, as a pilot. And what Solve for XX is intended to do is it's intended to, to match um, mentors from all over, all over the world with wow. young, younger leaders. So their, their ages actually is between 16 and 45 um, with sort of peer-to-peer -peer mentors, right? So, and we also, we, we come in um, and we actually work with them on what we call a social change hackathon. So it's a 24-hour hackathon where Women come in. There's about 125 of them. They stay overnight. The first 12 hours are all evidence-informed training led by local staff. So we've built the curriculum. The local staff have tailored it. So we're, we, it's really important that these trainings are culturally competent when we're going into communities that we are not familiar with. So mm -hmm. the local staff are modifying the trainings and making them culturally relevant and appropriate. And they're getting training on things like the language of leadership, um, how to build resumes. They're doing coding, computer coding basics. They're learning job interview prep. They're going through business planning 101. Um, and then that's sort of the, the entire 12, first 12 hours. The second 12 hours, which is my favorite part, is the actual hackathon piece where they're, they're essentially tasked with identifying all of the issues that are impacting women in their respective regions. So in Uganda, which is where this launched in Kampala, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty rough place to be a woman, right? One in two women is married sure. by age 18, one in three pregnant by 19. I mean, it's a pretty bleak outlook uh, for women there. And so they identify all the challenges facing women and then they identify where they want to be, sort of future state. And then they break out into teams and they have 12 hours to propose a solution and follow sort of our pitch deck um, protocols, and then they pitch their potential company idea to us, and and uh, one of them is awarded. Uh, they all get laptop computers, and their company is fully funded for the next six wow. months. So, yeah, and we it was a really remarkable um, experience. It was honestly it was top top five things I think I've ever done in my life. It was really really transformative to see this happen in real time, and just to see what happens when you give women. The tools and and you help them in believing and you know help them to believe in themselves yeah. to actually an do this. An opportunity, so, an opportunity. Exactly. We were renewed um, this year. I'm the State Department fellow, and we are partnered with an organization in um, Harare, Zimbabwe, called Zim Girls Code. So we'll be doing the next hackathon there, and then hoping to be in Detroit by late 2019, wow. and then uh, looking at South America early 2020. So. Yeah, it's a I'm really a little, exciting. Oh, yeah, I need to connect you with a couple organizations. We need to talk later after yeah, this call. Yeah, I would love that. A, I would love that. Because I've got, I've been to Africa and I've been to several countries that, and I'm involved with an organization that works yeah. with the girls and women programs. So, this yeah. hackathon would just be absolutely it, amazing. And you, yeah, and it, what we we'd like to connect. Um, we want we the, the microfinance piece was sort of not not planned. It was one of those sort of how you're talking about. 
you just sort of roll with it. You're kind of flying yeah. by the seat of your pants, right? So we, we had not intended on funding organizations. We were awarding sort of a, a social impact, you yeah. know, the winner, if you will. But these business plans, they were, you know, providing their fi- their financials for the first six months' run cost. And Nancy, these businesses were operating for six months on a hundred U.S. dollars. So yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. was mind blowing. You know, what, what they can do with a, a few dollars is amazing to uh, to even. But but again, it, it can really change their incredible. lives. It changes it, yeah. their lives overnight. They, they, they really can send does. their children to school, and they can have housing and not be on the streets too. So. Completely. Yep. So Absolutely. I know we could talk forever, but you know, I, <laughs> I would like to call you later. Um, yes, but, I would love that. Uh, I I think what you're doing is right on the mark. Um, I'm so excited about. Uh, I I really am excited about your dissertation on bias because I really want uh, more information. In fact, I want to call you after this. Um, Sure. And talk about because uh, I'm heading to uh, Oxford, England, to talk about mm. the book. But I think the one thing I really want to talk about is bias. Mm. Sure. <laughs> and I really would like to have I'll send you uh, everything again, I have. I w- I would love it. You know, anything you could send me, I would just yeah. pro- to, truly appreciate. So, how can they learn more about you? Because we want to make sure they they yeah. find your website. And, sure. and talk more about Solve XX and this hackathon. Yeah, absolutely. You're doing amazing things in the world. You go, girl. You go. Oh, thank you, and thank so, you for being such a such a leader to so many women. Because I think um, I think it's a rare find to find a, a woman in your capacity who is really interested in actually elevating women and not building your personal brand and. Yeah. I, I see it all the time, and I'm. It's just I I commend you thank for you. for being a really a genuine and high integrity leader. So thank you for that. Um, you could find more um, to learn more about Solve for XX. You can go to solve for the number four XX dot com. Um, and we do take volunteers. Um, we often we often partner with local local leaders, even men, um, and we all have them do sort of Skype mentor sessions and or training during some of our uh, our live 24-hour hackathons. So that's yeah. solveforxx.com. Wow. Well, it's exciting what you're doing, and, and please, uh, let's talk again, but please send me any information that yes, you're, you're currently working on. I'll take it across the pond, and, and uh, you know, we, we talk about gender parity, but what, but we're really, I think we need to talk about absolutely is, is our own bias that's preventing us from truly, truly connecting. And we talk about diversity, but I think that's not the, that's not the key. It's the bias. Mm-hmm. It's the bias I that we have totally to right. overcome. Yeah. Well, no, I know you're totally right, and you're going to get your <laughs> dissertation, your doctorate in it. A few years away, but let's hope. Let's hope. Thank oh, you, you can do it. You, you bought the you bought the bus ticket. You better take the ride. That's what I kept telling myself when I was working on mine. So, right, congratulations. Right. Thank well, you, you've you got so the, you've got great you've got a great team, and you've got great things going on. And and thank you so much for what you're doing, and inspi- yeah. inspiring so many others to do the same. Thank you again, and, and congratulations all, on all the great things you're doing. Yes, yeah, same to you. Thanks for having me, Nancy. Thanks, Sarah.